Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Mets Musing. So everybody had a great week out there. Well, it's almost here. Opening day is 24 hours away as we record this on Thursday. Tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock, Mets will be playing the Atlanta Braves here in New York. And we're going to talk about that series with uh, my guest in just a few minutes. But first, quick recap going into the end of the season. Well, going to the beginning of the season, I should say. Uh, Jacob DeGrom looks likely to be ready for Friday season opener. Still have to keep pitch to simulate a game. And uh, he came out of it uh, fine. He looked terrific at that. Can't always go by that. But, uh, you know, after having the back tightness, he pitched to simulate a game, came out of everything A-OK. So uh, he's on par to come back. And start opening day. Robbie Gazelman's a different story now. He's been battling tightness in his right triceps. And uh, Luis Rojas, manager, told Anthony DeComo and other reporters that uh, they're not sure whether Gazelman would be available for the opening day rock roster. He's been a workhorse reliever for the last couple of years with the Mets. But uh, had some trouble last year with this, and it has been uh, continuing this season so far. So uh, they say there's nothing of concern as far as past history with this, but uh, we will see. Uh, Starter Marcus Stroman has experienced calf tightness that could prevent him from taking his anticipated turn in the rotation. Again, according to Anthony uh, DeComo, uh, Stroman, of course, came over. And uh, really, he's been a little disappointing. He's only been so-so. Uh, was looking forward to this year. Uh, as This is his walk year, but uh, hasn't really done much. And the Mets haven't committed yet to a decision on Stroman. He was supposed to pitch the second game of the season, but uh, we'll have to see. Even if they hold him back a bit, I don't think they'll put him on a 15-day injured list because that that takes a chunk out of the season. 15 days out of a 50-game season. That's a big chunk right there. So I don't think they'll be doing that. Uh, infielder Jed Lowry, no surprise. He will open up the uh, season along with Walker Lockett on the injured list. The Mets inform reporters the former will be placed on the 10-day list while the latter will go on to the 15-day list under the newly tweaked rules. Lowry's left leg remains shrouded in both mystery and braces. The 36-year-old veteran um, let's see has not yet contributed to the mess in signing a two-year deal in the 2018-19 offseason. He's finally made some progress, 
but obviously is still not in game shape. And we've got a, a picture here of uh, his baseball card for 2020. If you're watching the video, there it is uh, right there. There you go. Top baseball card of uh, Jed Lowry. <laughs> so uh, Jed Lowry has been a complete bust. I mean, at this point, they should just pay him the, the right amount to check for the rest of the money they owe him, uh, whatever it is for this year, and just tell him to go home and goodbye. It, it, it's been a complete waste of time. Um, the only thing he's done is hit a home run for the Cyclones to help get them into the finals of the uh, uh, um, uh, the Penn League. So other than that, he's really not done much at all <laughs> for the Mets. So the guy's shot. I mean, they got a lot of shot guys on this team. Cano is shot. They ought to get rid of him. If I was the new owner, if I was taking over his owner, the first two things I'd do is I'd write, if I had the money, of course, I'd write Kano a check and Lowry a check and tell him goodbye. Nice knowing you. See you around. Bye-bye. Uh, as for Walker Lockett, he said to be dealing with a uh, lower back issue uh, and they're not sure how he may long he may be sidelines those back things can be uh can be tricky um let's see uh matt adams first baseman matt adams has exercised his opt-out clause in the minor league contract he signed with the mets and he became a free agent and has since signed with the atlanta braves so uh matt adams who signed on uh, with the mets is uh, gone already gone to the braves and signed on there, and that should bring you. That should bring up you up to date, unless something happens in the interim. But uh, uh, season's ready to come. Are you excited? Are you waiting for the cardboard cutouts to see them on TV? Did they look great? By the way, none of them had masks on or or social distancing. All right, uh, we are gonna take a quick break and be back. Right after this, with my special guest. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Check out my Twitter page at Mets Musings one and check out a Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash Mets Musings. Go check it out and don't forget to call the hotline. It's 516-619-6341. 
And joining me this week is Steve Epstein. And Steve is with the Atlanta Baseball Talk. He co-hosts or, or is the main host, I guess, for their podcast. And uh, he's a, an old friend of the show. He's been on with me before, and he joins me now. Steve, welcome back to Mets Musings. Hey, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Steve, did you think we were ever going to get to talk about baseball, especially Braves and the Mets? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got to say, I, I, I thought the chances were pretty low for a while, and particularly the first few days when, you know, the, the problems with the testing across MLB, I mean, those first few days were so rocky. I was like, we're not even going to get out of spring training. But, you know, things have calmed down some, and it looks like, yeah, we're here. Yeah, and uh, we're creeping there slowly. I guess has have the Braves left to come to New York already, or how is that? Uh... No, so they tomorrow's a travel day for them. They're actually having, as we're recording now, they're in their right. second and final exhibition game. They're playing the Marlins here okay. in Atlanta right now. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's going to be the big issue—the the, uh, travel. They've all been in in a, a bubble, almost a sort of a bubble, uh, and now with the traveling, it's going to open up uh, things a little bit. But we'll we'll have to see. But uh, you know, you made a point, uh, uh, Freddie Freeman, uh, a med killer, but <laughs> had COVID nineteen, but he is back, and he just came back to camp i read so uh will he will he be ready for friday or uh will he not be in the lineup yeah all indications are he'll be ready so he it was a surprise but last friday it was announced that he had passed the protocols and he was out on the field friday afternoon practicing and he has played in every intra squad and scrimmage game since batting almost every inning like they're really trying to ramp him up right, and he has seemed right. fine so yeah I, I would say that i mean unless something happens he'll be he'll be there friday night darn it i mean i was hoping <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course it's 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 a strange roster this year i mean I, I i don't know if you've got a grip on it i i gotta admit i'm i'm all confused with the 60 man and 40 man and and who's going to be playing and they can have guys on the sidelines and it's it's a bit confusing uh but uh how are the uh braves shaking up uh, shaking out i should say and uh what's different from last year's team will we be seeing with different looks anything at all well i mean so we signed um Will Smith, who was right, you know, the really the best reliever mm-hmm. on the market. Now, you won't see him in New York, at least in this first series, because he also, the day that they announced Freddie had tested positive, he tested positive as well. Okay. Um, and he has not cleared protocols yet. Um, you know, we signed Cole Hamels in the offseason. Mm-hmm. He was the veteran, you know, the veteran signing that the Braves made. He has been injured. Um, really since the spring, so he's not going to be ready. Um, you will see old friend Matt Adams, I think, most of the weekend, right? He the he left the Mets a few days ago. The Braves signed him. Um, he played his first game last night with the Braves, hit a walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth to beat the Marlins. Um, I assume you're going to see him as the DH more than not. Um, Marcelo Zuna, right, ex-Marlin, 
ex-Cardinal for the last couple of years. The Braves signed him to a one-year mm-hmm. deal. He should be the everyday starting left fielder. Um, you know, Josh Donaldson, of course, is gone. He's a Minnesota twin now. Right, right. So, you know, I don't know if you remember last year that the, the Braves had called up um, a rookie, Austin Riley, who they put in left, mm-hmm. and he hit, you know, 15 home runs in the first three weeks. I mean, he was just a sensation. And then the league figured him out and found the hole in his swing and he (laughs) fell off a cliff. Um, But he's had a good spring. He looks to be the starting third baseman. So that'll be a different look there. And then everything else. Oh, I guess I'm behind the plate, right? So Brian McCann retired. Uh, Tyler Flowers will remain the tandem along with Travis Darno, a name that uh, Mets fans Someone know from a that long time ago. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, so they signed Darno in the offseason to, to handle catching duties along with Flowers. And I think they will pretty well split time. I bet it's going to be more 60% Darno, 40% Flowers. Well, if Darno um, stays healthy, he's a decent ball player. Uh, his whole issues here was always health. You know, right. he was always getting hurt. He'd be hot. Uh, he had a pretty decent year last year, I believe, with uh, uh, Tampa. Was he? Tampa? Was That's right? Yeah, yeah, really good offense as well. And so uh, he's he's a, a as I say, a pretty good ball player if you can just keep him on the field and maybe you know, as you say, uh, rotating with Flowers. That'll be uh, a better position for him. Uh, you know, he won't be depended on as much. He won't be catchy. He won't wear down as much. So, right. Uh, yeah, hopefully. And the pitching staff, uh, of course, um, you mentioned Cole Hamels, and it really doesn't, you know, if this was a regular year, you would say, well, he could miss 15, 20 games or something and, and uh, he'll be okay and then we'll have him for that next run. But, boy, you miss that much now. Half the season's almost over. Yeah, and that, you know, may be how it goes. And I think if they get anything out of him, it'll just be a bonus at this point. Um, you know, the, rota- the Braves have a lot of depth in the starting pitching department. Um, the question is just how's it going to be, right? I mean, at the top, you know, you'll you guys will see this weekend Soroka, who you know looks like to be the future ace, right? Um, Max Freed, who has shown glimpses and has a devastating curve and really a 96, 97 mile an hour fastball. He added a changeup in the spring, um, which I think could really uh, propel him to another level. Um, and actually, I would have I would have assumed that Mike Fultonevich would have been the game three starter, but they're actually starting Sean Newcomb in the Sunday night ESPN game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Fulty is a bit of a question mark. Um, Newcomb's a bit of a question mark, and then the fifth starter will be they're going to rotate a bunch of guys, right? They, um, uh, you know, Ulysses Chassin just um, opted out, didn't opt out like COVID style, but like asked for his release from right. the Twins. He had done a stint with the Braves in 2017. They signed him. He may be the fifth starter. Um, Brian Snitker said that the first few times through the, um, through the uh, you know, the first few um, games that the starting pitchers are only going to go three or four innings, two or three well. innings. Now we'll see if that's the case. They're gonna, but what he's talking about is really doing piggybacking, you know, of two starters, 
and then hitting the bullpen or a starter and a long man out of the bullpen. You know, look, if Mike Soroka is going toe-to-toe with DeGrom Friday afternoon, are they going to take him out? I don't know. Probably not, you know. (laughs) And, of course, you've got some uh, other guys that you signed. you got some veterans. you got Tomlin on the the pitching staff. I think he's still laying. And uh, 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 prospect Tucker Davidson, uh, who uh, people were talking about that – they could, they could, as you say, rotate into that fifth spot probably as the season goes along. Right. And he'll be part of the 30-man satellite squad um, and get called up as needed. You know, but those guys on the satellite squad, they still have to be on the 40-man roster. Yeah. So it's not like you just have 60 guys you can choose from. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. There are decisions to be made. Yeah, yeah. And where would they be playing in your, in, uh, for you guys? Where are they going to be located? Oh, so so the the AAA team, the Gwinnett Stripers, they are they're thirty minutes north of Atlanta, so it's really very very convenient for the Braves. They just have the whole satellite squad thirty miles up the road. Yeah, I think I believe I'm not sure there was thought that the Mets are going to probably have theirs in Brooklyn because the uh, Cyclones are not. You know, when no minor league ball, no minor leagues, yeah. Um, and I'm just curious, how are they going to keep these guys? Are they just going to play intra squad games all the time? That is all they're going to do. They're going to play intra squad games, which you know will get tiresome after a while playing against the same guys over and over. Yeah, Um, they're just going to have to keep as ready as they can. And of course, in in your outfield, you still got Acuna. Uh, out there in center, and uh, you mentioned that uh, Ozuna, will, or is Okuna going to go the right? Yeah, so they, re- I mean, Oc- you know, Acuna's arm really plays better in right. And frankly, he's, look, he's a great athlete. He, he you know, he's fine in center, but he's better suited for right. Um, Ender and Ciarte will be the starting center fielder. Um, he just has historically terrible offensive starts to mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. So how long they will ride with him, you know, depends on how his bat is, right? He's a, he's a gold glove center fielder. But if if Ender really gets off to a bad start, then they will shift Acuna to center. Ozuna stays in left. Adam Duval, ex-Red, right, who the Braves actually, he was part of the team last year. Right. He will probably play right field if that if Ender is out. And uh, Dan B. Swanson, I don't know. He he's he, he's sort of a question mark, isn't he? I mean, he looks so great, and then he can look real bad. I mean, he seemed to come around a little bit last year, but uh, are they? Um, and is there disappointment in Atlanta? On the maybe disappointment's too strong a word, but is there any you know head scratching about this guy or? Well, there was much disappointment and hand-wringing a few years ago, <laughs> right? When Dansby was, like, the best, you know, aside from Freddie, was, like, the best guy on the team. Right. But that was during the really lean rebuilding years. Mm-hmm. Now Dansby doesn't have to carry the offense, and he's not, he, he's not going to, right? So there's less pressure on Dansby. He brings great defense. He... um. He actually was seemed to really be figuring things out. Was was looking good at the plate last year, and then got injured. So you know, 
that's been part of the problem too. He's had some injuries, uh, but there's, you know, there is reason to believe he could come back and have a good offensive year. I mean, with his defense, if he just, you know, if he on bases 325 and can slug a little bit and he has power, I mean, he can hit some home runs. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. He doesn't need to do everything anymore. And he's still young. I mean, is right. You know, he's what twenty six or something along that. Yeah, line? I'm not. Yeah, something yeah, like something that. Like that. Uh, a terrific college player, and and really burst onto the MLB, and and everybody thought he was going to be superstar, and then just kind of he shows a lot of signs of it, and then doesn't. You know, so uh, it it. I guess it's it, you just can't tell with these guys, and you just hope for the best. Well, it's a lot of pressure being the number one overall pick, right? Um, it certainly is. Right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't you? I th- I think I saw today that that the Mets just released Melky. Yes. And Gordon Beckham, right? Yes, they just and- released them today, and they signed uh, Juan Lagares back and uh, uh, Brian Dozier from the Nationals from last year. So. And I bring up Beckham because he was going to be all world, right? He wasn't right. number one pick overall, but he was four or seven. I mean, he was top ten. <laughs> And has never really, you know, panned out. You, but yeah, you, you know, just, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I, I go back. Uh, there was a guy that, uh, in fact, I played ball against him a long time ago, and he was. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, uh, but he was drafted the same year that Keith Hernandez was drafted. He was the Cardinals' first round draft pick. I think he was picked. 10th or 7th or something and yeah. Hernandez was picked what in the 15th round or something ridiculous and who made you know who was the better ball player you, you never right. can tell it's it's sure. uh, and this guy was an awesome ball player too but for whatever reason you know sometimes it just doesn't work out um, so you never know um, the Mets are going to be down there next weekend and uh have you uh, you've seen some of the games? Are they using the uh, cutouts down there, the cardboard cutouts? In the- yeah, it's a great great question. <laughs> they they haven't announced anything about it. So last night's exhibition game against the Marlins was the first real broadcast that they've done. Yeah, since they came back, so they are superimposing um, ads on sections of the lower bowl. Right. So I think they're deciding if they want to keep making that money or sell cutouts. <laughs> I know the Mets have been doing cutouts. It yeah. looks good. Uh, I mean, that's fun. You know, that's fun. So, Gary, do you have a cutout? That's what I no, want. <laughs> no, not at the prices they were talking about. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I did not uh, opt for the cutout. <laughs> anyway, mine would have been on the top <laughs> so so gary i have a question for you i saw today sure. that stroman now is listed day to day so right he he would have been he would have pitched saturday right? he would have pitched saturday and he's he's got calf tightness uh so he is questionable he's day to day i guess if there's any improvement they'll go with him uh they have not announced who would be uh behind him uh, but uh, my guess, it may be Porcello, uh, could be Walker, could be Mats, of course, the other guy. Uh, the one guy that they would, you know, like the sixth or seventh starter that they were talking about, Walker Lockett, he just went on the injured list with back 
problems. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be him. So my guess is they would move up the rotation guys uh, a day. And right. I I would think that Porcello, they, they haven't really said who is two, three, you know, we all know DeGrom. Uh, sure. How it's going to follow after that, they haven't really. And, and Stroman was to go on the second day. They didn't sure. go beyond that, so we don't know. Uh, as of one uh, uh, writer, uh, Waka and uh, Mats were still fighting it out, but now with uh, when Syndergaard went down in spring training, that kind of ended that that battle that they were having, right. and uh, matches looked very good. So they may go f- to split the righty, lefty, righty, and, and put Mats in second, which is probably what I would do. Uh, you have DeGrom a righty on uh, Friday, Saturday, put in a lefty, and then go back to a righty on Sunday. Um, so, but we'll see. There's no, they've made no official announcements about anything like that at all. So, uh, right. your guess will be as good as mine when they yeah. get here. <laughs> and and how is um, uh, second? It's the second year of the stadium or third? This, I see. No, it's. Fourth, I think. It's is the it the fourth, fourth year. year already? Yeah, yeah, Holy I think cow. so. And now it's you know now it's not SunTrust Park, it's Truist yes, Park. Yes, yes, yeah. Which is dreadful, but you know <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, you know we can't do anything about these these uh, stadium names anymore. <laughs> so yeah. he's got money. So I I will say you know I hated that they moved out of downtown and moved to the suburbs, but it's a beautiful stadium. They did a really nice job with it. And the sort of fake city of restaurants and shops and everything that they built <laughs> around it yeah. is beautiful. I mean, it's great. Yeah. You know, they really yeah. did a good job. Um, I um, I made it to a, to a Mets game, went to City Field for the first time yeah. last year in August, mid-August. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if you had ever been to Shea Stadium. Yeah, um, well, I grew up in Connecticut, and my oh, dad okay. was a Mets fan, so yeah. I went to Shea a All ton the time. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. City Field is really nice. This is something about nostalgia for Shea Stadium, you know. Uh, yeah. But City Field is really nice, and and there was a lot of criticism when they first opened because it was more. Uh, well, people said it was more towards the Dodges than it wasn't really. A, it didn't feel like a Mets home. Uh, but they've they've made corrections to that over the last few years, and I think once the All Star Game was there and the World Series was there that really kind of made it feel more homey you know more our stadium and right. and like i said they've made changes uh to make it more Mets centric than it was before so you know um they they did put an effort in and, and of course now that the team is up for sale uh we'll see how that's going to work out and what where we'll go from there but right we we could be getting some money in maybe <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Gary, I wanted to ask you about sure. the um, about the bullpen. So, I've seen a lot of good reports on Familia that his slider's looking good. It's mm-hmm. really biting. Like, and that really sets everything up. I haven't seen much about Edwin Diaz. Is he having any sort of um, uh, you know rejuvenation this spring? Yeah. Well, they're hoping for it. Uh, <sighs> He's been okay. I don't. From what I've seen, I don't think he's been. He hasn't been dominating. They haven't named anybody as the official closer. Uh, Batances has looked good too out of the bullpen, right. which was a nice pickup for them. 
Uh, yeah. And perhaps the, uh, you know, he was coming off of an injury, so perhaps this time gave him even more time to heal. He, he looked good in spring training, um, but, you know, they were using him sparingly, uh, not to rush him. But now with this, this longer period of time, he's seen a little bit more action in this short camp. So, uh, But he's looked very good. Um Diaz, I think, is going to be a question mark. He says he, he wants to pitch in New York. He's not afraid of pitching in New York. But I still think a lot of it's mental. And until he gets into a game situation and either, you know, comes through big time or blows it. I mean, he did have 51 saves. I think we, we sometimes forget that because the the uh, the blown saves were so important in his big spots and... Uh, you know, there was some games he had saves where he had the same pattern where he'd walk a guy and walk a second guy and he'd give up a hit and, you know, but, uh, they'd either come back or they had a three run lead. He'd give up one run, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, it was, it was in the one run games that really got you nervous with him and familiar. I, he, he looks more determined. He's lost a lot of weight. Right. Uh, it looks terrific, uh, and and as you say, the ball's biting again, like it uh, it wasn't last year, and uh, it seems to be renewed. So um, that could be it. And and Betances, I think those three will make up the one of them will close, or all three of them may close. Right. And yeah, yeah. and there's going to be a lot of shared closing duties um, with the Braves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mark Melanson, who they had picked up last yeah. year, had a lot of close opportunities. And Snitker, the um, the manager, said that Melanson will be the closer. But they, you know, they signed Will Smith. And when he comes back, surely he'll get opportunities. But they've got Shane Green that they signed last right. year. Um, uh, you know, Chris Martin can close. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got a very deep bullpen this yeah. year, yeah. which I think will put them in, you know, in good shape for this 60 game uh, schedule. So, <laughs> and Melanson was a good pickup last year for them because yep. he he's been through the fires. You know, he's a, he's a veteran, and uh, they're still pretty young staff. So uh, they have at least some of that leadership there for them. Yeah. How is the um, one thing I was worried about here, even in New York, was the security of the ballpark itself. How are feelings in, in Atlanta about that? Uh, you've had some issues down there, as New York has had. Um, how, is there any concern of uh, any security issues of, of, let me just say, large mobs uh, mobbing the ball, uh, the ballpark and trying to force their way in? or how are they, I know they're talking about all this other stuff, but nobody's talking mm. about that. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been any talk of that. I can't imagine. I think really what it's going to be is there'll be security guys outside the ballpark and, you know, fans who are trying to walk around and get a peek will be shooed away. I, I, I don't foresee anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I, I, you know, it's it's something that, that I've thought about, especially here, um, that and nobody's really mentioned that they've, they've talking about all the COVID stuff naturally. Uh, yeah. But with all this upheaval and stuff in the country, you know, it, it, 
this is just the kind of event they would like. You know what I mean? Uh, so let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, the other question I have is, why are they even playing night games? I, I, I'm, I guess it's, it's all about the TV. Yeah, Gary. yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean that's the only money maker now. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, I I tuned in last night. I put on the Dodgers and the Angels game, and I was like, it seems even sillier to you know this being a night game. Uh, but like you said, it's all about the money. How are the Braves yeah. handling the broadcasting situation? How are the team? Uh, uh, they're not going to travel the, the broadcast. They're not going to travel. The TV guys will get the opposing team's feed and um, and do the broadcast that way. Will I, they, and I assume that everybody, all the broadcast teams are doing that, TV and radio. But will they be in a studio or are they going to be in the ballpark? Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a good question. I would assume there's it's it's either one of those, right? There is a... There is a um, a TV studio where, like, the pregame and the postgame show, those guys right. do it from there when the team's on the road. Mm-hmm. Right? So they'll either do it from there or from the broadcast booth at the stadium. I'd assume from the stadium. Yeah, because I know the Mets, what they're going to do is the, the uh, TV crew, they are going to be at the stadium for every game. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, they will do uh, one in one booth and one in the other booth. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, and uh, they will, uh, even the road games, they were doing the, from Yankee Stadium because uh, the Mets had a home and home with the Yankees. Right. And the game from Yankee Stadium, they were in City Field for both games. And they actually were sitting in the dark, you might say, because the lights, they took, they did not put the lights on when it got dark. <laughs> So you had the light on in in the broadcast booth, but uh, uh, it is such a strange season, and and we don't know what to expect. Uh, I was talking to someone today, and I says, you know, they they said last night a, a, a I think it was a three game win streak would be equal to an eight game win streak in a regular season, and well, right, each game's like two point seven, you know, in yeah. a regular season, right? So yeah, and and starters, I mean, I guess we can expect. Roughly twelve starts uh, per the aces, you know, first three starters, and right, you know, you can win a Cy Young with seven wins or something this year. So sure, it's sure. it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be uh, weird. Uh, any thoughts on the Universal DH? I'm all for it. Are you? I I don't need to see <laughs> I don't need to see pitchers back. I mean, I get it. I get there's more strategy and all that stuff. But you know what? It is going to be a pleasure when DeGrom can stay in longer and you don't have to watch him bat. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, the the DH, it's so long overdue in the NL. Well, I have to tell you, I I disagree. (laughs) I I hate the DH. And uh, it's funny because I just did an interview with the guy that wrote the – uh, a book with Bartolo Colon that will be on next week's show. And, uh, you know, one of the things was that big home run he hit. And, and I said, we may never see that again. We may ne- never see a pitcher hit a home run like that again. So, uh, yeah. and uh, it's true. But, you know, Gary, that once in a 17 year career, <laughs> I think we can live without it. 
I know. I just think, you know, if you do get that game and you get that pitcher that gets that hit that breaks up a game or something or ties a game, it, it there's so much more excitement there that the pitcher did it um, that, to me, it's worth it. But, yeah, you know, everybody... I understand, but the other nine times out of ten that he <laughs> weakly ground, ground, you know, grounds out or strikes out is not very compelling baseball. <laughs> but, Steve, we needed time to go to the bathroom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, especially at my age, and that that's a good break right there when, <laughs> when, the, when the pitcher comes on. That's right. Well, Steve, uh, I want to thank you for coming on uh, tonight, and uh, good luck to the Braves in this short season, and uh, we'll we'll hopefully see what the heck is going to shake out. Yeah, it's going to happen one way or another. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Gary. I appreciate it. Where can people find you? Uh, Yeah, great. They can find us at uh, AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. We're on Spreaker and iTunes and Spotify. Um, find us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk, or we're also on Facebook. Okay, and there you go. So go, go take a listen to Steve and uh, his fellow uh, compadres on uh, Atlanta Baseball Talk. They they really cover the Braves well, and uh, you'll enjoy it. And Steve, thanks again for coming on the show this week. Thank you, Gary. Okay, and we're back, and. Uh, Let's take a look at the schedule as the Mets open up this weekend. Never thought we'd say that, did you? On the 24th, the 25th, the 26th, they're home against the Atlanta Braves. They then go to Boston for two and return to City Field to play Boston once again in the home-and-home series uh, before hitting the road at the end of July, going back to Atlanta to play those Braves again. So uh, we'll see how this is all going to play out. It is not going to be easy. Let's let's be honest about this. It is a short season. You must get off to a good start. The Mets are not known to usually get off to good starts. They do struggle early in the game, the season, I should say. And uh, but we'll see how it all shakes out. The weather's going to be fine. You know, it's warm. We don't have to have any of those cold nights uh, to deal with or anything along that line. So we shall see what they can do. Keep our fingers crossed. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope uh, that you enjoyed it. I want to thank my guest, Steve Epstein, for taking time out of his busy schedule. Come talk to us tonight. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for uh, all of your uh, time and energy and and, uh, helping to make this show uh, what it is. If you'd like to help the show further, you can go to anchor.fm metsmusings slash metsmusings and uh, leave uh, a little donation there. There's a support button. Or uh, go to patreon.com, Mets Musings, and do the same there. And uh, I'd appreciate it if uh, you'd click the subscribe button on iTunes and even leave a review there if you would. On uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you listen or watch the podcast. Yes, we do do a YouTube version of the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. It helps you grow the show and expand to new listeners. And until next time, remember to keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. 60 games. It's going to be a sprint. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings. Mets Musings.